Who is more relieved, Florida Gators fans or Dan Mullen of his duties? That's right. We got a lot to talk about today, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Getting right into the big news of the day for the Florida Gators. Dan Mullen has been fired. And uh, I, I realize that I'm like making light of this. It's it's not something that I'm like, ah, he lost his job. No, but it, it was time to move on for the Florida Gators. Fired after the overtime loss to Missouri. And I want to say that not necessarily losing the game, but how Florida lost the game is what lost Dan Mullen his job. Um, coaching scared, really, with a, a minute left in the game and a chance to at least drive for a field goal. Yikes! Didn't do it. Uh, Dan Mullen came out. He coached scared. He coached for overtime. He got to overtime, called out a trick play, which was awesome. That was cool. It worked. Called out a trick play, which was fine. Then... Defensively, Missouri, they scored, and then they went for two, and Missouri obviously got it. Florida lost, and that was Dan Mullen's last sequence as the head coach of the Florida Gators, and that's why I think he deserved it because he had ample opportunity. A minute in football is a lot of time, especially in college football, where you had ample opportunity to go out there and try to win the game, but Dan Mullen didn't, and he wanted to play to overtime. And he got his wish. They went to overtime. And then they lost in overtime. So it was as simple as that where it was just, it sucked. But, it, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes at that, po- at that uh, point. 34 and 15 in his career as a Florida Gators coach. He is the third, he has the third highest winning percentage from all Florida football coaches uh, since 1924 only behind Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. So Dan Mullen is one of the best Florida Gators football coaches of all time, ever. And it still wasn't good enough. That tells you the high expectations that are here in Gainesville. Two in six this year versus Power 5 opponents. It was ugly. It it was. The two wins were, of course, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. And that that was... It was tough. Uh, the team just kept getting worse after the Alabama game. The Alabama game, Florida went in there as pretty heavy-ish. I mean, it, it's not heavy compared to Alabama lines usually, but, you know, we were projected to lose and favored to lose by – or not even favored to lose, but, you know, we were projected to lose by quite a bit. Uh, came in, lost 31-29. It was a fantastic game by Florida. It was, it was really – their best game of the season. And that was one of the points where you're like, okay, like, like Dan Mullen could do some things here. Um, and then it just got worse. The Tennessee game was bad. Kentucky game was bad. Uh, Vanderbilt game was bad. Not really, but I mean, 
if you look at the defense, the defense is on the field for like 72 plays against Vanderbilt, and it's not because the offense was just scoring at will. It's because, you know, the defense wasn't playing well. And then LSU, Georgia, Samford, all those fun things, South Carolina. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was tough. Uh, Todd Grantham was the defensive coordinator going into the year. Dan Mullen fired Todd Grantham after the South Carolina game as sort of a, you know, a Hail Mary attempt to save his own job, but followed up with even worse performances following that. And honestly, Dan Mullen is supposed to be this offensive genius, offensive guru, whatever you want to call him. But sorry, I know I'm Ricky Bobbying with my hands again. But Dan Mullen is supposed to be this offensive guru where the offense was largely stagnant at points in the season. And you watch this team, and it's like, well, they should be better. The makeup of the team is very good roster. And the offense wasn't working. And the offensive guru didn't trust, well, himself. He didn't trust Emory Jones as his QB, who was just coming off a record-setting day. Didn't trust him to drive down with a minute left versus Missouri. And so the offensive guru wasn't ready to be the offensive guru. And so it, the team lost because of it, and he lost his job because of it ultimately. Dan Mullen is owed a $12 million payout or buyout from the University of Florida. He's getting $6 million within the next 60 days. And then, as a Mets fan, Bobby Bonilla Day, uh, he gets $1 million per year for the next six years as per his agreement of the buyout. Doesn't matter if he gets a job elsewhere. None none of that matters. He's getting his $6 million in the next 60 days. And then he's getting $1 million for the next six years, which is great for you, Dan, really. I, I hope he goes on to become an NFL offensive coordinator because I stand by my point where I say he's a fantastic play caller. He is. I just don't think he's one head coach material or two recruiting material. So I don't think he's a college head coach and I don't think he should be a college OC anymore. I think he should be an NFL offensive coordinator. And I think that's where he will thrive. Absolutely thrive at that point. And man, it's just, it's, it's a wild day. Cause I woke up today and I was not expecting this to happen because of course, like I had been saying, I was told that the expectation is, or not even I was told the rumor was that, Dan Mullen gets the Florida State game. If he wins the Florida State game, might save his job. And we were told that, that that's that's the expectation. And then I think he lost his job because of how poorly he managed the Missouri game. I, I don't think it was that they lost. I think it was how they lost. I think that this, this administration recognized that that was a coach that was coaching scared, not coaching to keep his job. He wasn't. If he was coaching to keep his job, he would have gone for the field goal. He was coaching scared, and that's unacceptable here. He's had tremendous peaks, but horrid valleys at times. And I love you, Dan, but it's it's just no longer your time to be in Gainesville. It's as simple as that. It, I still think he's very good. It's just not, not going to work out in Gainesville. So he's gone. And now the next head coaching search for the Florida Gators begins, and I am so, so stoked that my first offseason covering this team fully is going to be with a head coaching search. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Hmm? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize picks offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, 
college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, like Jake Copeland, who had a monster game on Saturday, as well as mid-majors players like Brian Kobach, who had a monster game last week. And you might not have ever heard of him, but that's fine. He's on Prize Picks. And I'm just letting you know that. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on Colin Castleton blocks, as you should, and the under on Damian Pierce carries, as you should. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm just letting you know, we're, we're there for it. And now we're going to look at what's next for the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators are one of 14 current open college football college football head coaching jobs. That number is going to increase probably double. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. At the end of the season, guys are going to get fired. Uh, guys are going to go maybe to the NFL, things like that. So guys are going to retire. So the college football jobs, they're going to open up. But I I think that there are three blue blood programs looking for a new head coach. It's USC, LSU, and Florida. I think that Florida is the most enticing. I think LSU is second, and I think USC is third. I think Florida is the most enticing for a few reasons. One, that this one doesn't necessarily matter because all three of the Blue Bloods have it. The money to pay whoever they want to do whatever they want. That's that's uh, I, uh, that's unquestioned. You know, that's something we know as a fact. So that's fine. I think what sets Florida apart is this roster. I genuinely think the Florida Gators roster right now, despite everything we've said about recruiting, despite all that, despite everything we've said about Dan Mullen being a bad recruiter or whatever it may be, I think that people are overlooking how good this roster is and at key points. That's the thing because we've got, when you look at building a roster, sorry, you look at building a roster, some of the main things you need are a quarterback, a pass rusher, DBs. Guess what? Florida's got really good players, really good young players at. Anthony Richardson is a star quarterback. The rumor was that Anthony Richardson transfers. If Dan Mullen stays, guess we'll never know if that's true, but we do know that at least for now, Anthony Richardson is the, is a quarterback for the Florida Gators and Dan Mullen is gone. So there's that. That's all we know. We don't know if he'll still transfer. We don't know if he would have transferred if Dan Mullen stayed, we just know that's the rumor. So we've got the quarterback with Anthony Richardson, Javon Dexter. I get he's a D tackle and typically you go, oh, you want an edge rusher. You got a great pass rusher. I don't care if he's an interior defensive lineman. You got a great pass rusher in Javon Dexter. Looking at DBs, we got Rashad Torrance is second. We got Jason Marshall. We got Avery Helm. All stellar. We got Donovan McMillan is very good still. You've got Demarcus Bowman's a running back, so you have another skill position player that's very young and able to contribute. And you have Xavier Henderson and Marcus Bur- And you've, you got all these guys. You've got all of these guys who aren't even draft eligible yet. These guys are not, maybe, maybe they're transfer risks. Maybe, but they're not draft eligible. So you know, they're not going to declare this year. So you've got at least one year with all those guys. And you just need that one year to set you up 
because you have a fantastic year at Florida to start off your career or start off your Florida career. You can carry that for recruiting. You can carry that with budgeting. You can carry that to success for the remainder of your tenure. So you got that one year and you've, you've got the roster here. I'm looking at guys who my personal shortlist in no specific order, because we're going to have a lot of fun looking at these. We're going to take deep dives into all these people. I don't mind if it takes a while to hire a coach because I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to look into scheme. I'm going to look into who they might know or who they might be connected to that could be assistance with them. I'm looking into everything because I'm going to have fun with it. But my personal shortlist, again, in no order. I've got maybe six guys on the list. Jim Leonard, Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not going to give like in-depth explanations for everybody because, again, we're going to dive deep into all of these at some point, and I can't wait for it. But Jim Leonard, the Wisconsin defensive coordinator, someone who I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, just because I am a massive fan of what he can do as a defensive play caller, and I know that there are fans out there that don't want a defensive coach which is fine. I know a lot of fans want Jamie Chadwell. He's on my list. I'll, I'll scratch him off right now. He's on my list as a really fun play caller. He's energetic. People love him. He's a solid recruiter. So yes, I know people want Jamie Chadwell. I know people want Jay Norvell from Nevada. I get that. I, I, I totally get wanting those guys. I'm talking about Jim Leonard because I think he's a fantastic defensive play caller that preps guys for the NFL. You look at Wisconsin's defense, and they run an NFL defense with the looks, the disguises, all that. They're an NFL defense right there. They might not have the NFL defensive talent, but they've got NFL defensive scheme right there, and I would love to see him in the SEC with Florida. But I don't know what the rest of his coaching staff would look like, and that's my worry with Jim Leonard because I don't know who he'd bring in as his offensive coordinator because he can't he can't try running that Big Ten style here. That Wisconsin style, that offense will not work. The defense will, but the offense will not work in the modern day SEC. It's just it's it's not. It's it worked with Bama when they had AJ McCarron, but times have changed. So Jim Leonard, one of my top guys. I know it's not it's no particular order, but he is I'll I'll say he's a top three guy for me right now. Uh, Billy Napier, the head coach at Louisiana has been phenomenal. I believe he's 38 and 12 in his first 50 games with Louisiana. He's brought him ranked. He's got guys at the NFL. He is a great coach and I, I want to see him succeed and move on. If he doesn't come to Florida, I do think he'll be the LSU head coach, Matt Campbell from Iowa state. I know that I've mentioned Toledo. It's right back here. I know I've mentioned Toledo multiple times. Matt Campbell was the head coach at Toledo when I was at Toledo, and I love him for that. But he's also just a phenomenal head coach who's had multiple NFL job offers and turns him down because he wants to stay in college, which is great. Now imagine staying in college with the resources of Florida, not Iowa State, Florida with Matt Campbell. I think that would be phenomenal. I think he'd be a great fit. He's another guy who's top three for me. I realize that leaves one spot open. I'm not going to tell you who the top three, who the third one is right now, but I can tell you Matt Campbell and Jim Leonard. Top three guys for me right now. Uh, you've got Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, head coach. He's done a tremendous job with Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm a, Again, I'm not going in-depth on everybody, but I am going to say that I'm a little skeptical about him because I feel like Cincinnati plays down to their opponents a lot, and that's an issue we just had with Dan Mullen. I, I love Dan Mullen, but this team played down to their opponents. Look at Sanford, played down to him. Kentucky, I, I, Kentucky's a good team. I, I think Florida's roster was better. Coaching staff just wasn't there for it. 
So that's one issue or one worry I have with Luke Fickle and Cincinnati is that Cincinnati, while they win their games, that's that, that's one thing that we can't say about Dan Mullen, that, that he lost a lot of one-score games. But Luke Fickle, he, he wins his one-score games. He wins his close games. But I, I, I'm not a big fan of playing down to your opponents because you can't do that in the SEC. We've seen it with Dan Mullen. That's one of my biggest reasons for not necessarily thinking Luke Fickle is someone that I want to be the Florida Gators head coach next year. I, I, I'm worried about that playing down to your opponents thing. That That's something that genuinely sucks, and I don't want to see it continue happening in, happening in Gainesville. I don't know who the university will want. I don't know who they'll talk to. I don't know none of that. I don't know any rumors about anything because, again, he just got fired. At the time of my recording this, he got fired less than 12 hours ago. So I'm looking at this, and I'm just saying I, I don't know who Florida wants. I don't know what rumors are for who they'll talk to. I just know I'm excited because we are going to dive into these names once a head coach is figured out or one, or maybe even I'll set whole episodes where I'll be like, all right, the Jim Leonard episode. We'll look at Jim Leonard, and then we'll look at – his scheme, his history, and assistance he might bring on, all that stuff. Maybe, maybe we'll just do that at certain points and just go nuts with it because it's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. Uh, I don't know if we'll have tape Tuesday tomorrow. I'll let you know that because, I mean, we're going to have a different coach, so probably going to look at least a little different against Florida State. So I don't know if we're going to have tape Tuesday, but I can tell you that once we get into this, once we get into the coaching search, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at some tape of theirs, and I, I I promise you that one. We're gonna be breaking down some scheme here, and I don't know about you guys, but with football season, basketball season, college basketball season, college football season, MLB just ended, NHL's here, MMA's here, European soccer's here. I don't necessarily watch American soccer, but European soccer's on. I am constantly watching games, and I am constantly snacking now. So I'm committed to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of sugar filled snacks or salty snacks, which I do love so much. But Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. Who's got two thumbs and a sweet tooth? This guy. And who's going on vacation next week and has not been dieting? This guy. But hey, Built Bar helps it no longer be a problem for me. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and most importantly, high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar. If you're keto, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now to wrap up today's show, we are going to review the Missouri game, or the Misery game. <laughs> Sorry, I hate myself too, but I'm I'm excited for the coaching stuff. Um, but I was thoroughly upset with the Florida-Missouri game. Um I can tell you that it was great because I have like 15 people at my house and they all got to watch that. They, they all saw it. And even the ones that don't like football were like, that was a good play as Missouri won the game. And I was furiated. Um, I was, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I said furiated, furious. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, offensively, Trent Whitmore had the only passing touchdown of the game. Who had the only receiving touchdown of the game, you ask? Emory Jones in overtime. It was really funny. Like I said, it was it was a cool trick play, but I mean, it was it was cute. Congrats, it was cute, but um, yeah, it it was also not great, Bob, for the rest of the passing offense. Jacob Copeland had one of the best games. Of his, I'll, I'll say the second best game of his career. The first one being um, South Florida. 
earlier this year. Uh, I think the South Florida game, you know, I don't care that the competition was different or worse or whatever you want to say. Um, South Florida was the best game of his career, two touchdowns. I believe it was like 150 yards on like five catches. So it was insane. Uh, but this past week, eight catches, 102 yards, got banged up, came in, kept fighting, kept doing whatever he can to win. And it was honestly, honestly, that was like an admirable performance from him. Uh, again, second best game of his career, in my opinion, Jacob Copeland balled out. It was phenomenal. Shockingly enough, Dan Mullen hates good running backs. Uh, you want proof? Watch the game where I, I get that. You know, uh, I think Naquan Wright had, uh, I want to say 10 touches with catches, and Malik Davis had, I think, 12, and Damon Pierce had seven. Um, but neither of them had more than eight carries, and that is dumb. Uh, so I'm sure, yeah, that that's stupid. Uh, Dan Mullen hates good running backs. No back had more than eight carries. Well, actually, a back had more than eight carries, but it was a quarterback. That uh, I believe Emory Jones had 14 carries in the game, which I, I'm not hating on, but I would have wanted it to be a little bit more successful if you're going to use uh, if you're going to use your quarterback that much. It was an ugly game where I genuinely think that the Florida Gators' offense should have killed. And I mentioned it. You know, a minute four seconds left in the game. Dan Mullen does not coach the game to win the game. He coaches the game to go into overtime and ultimately. I think it's what lost him his job. And hey, uh, like I said it before, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's exactly what happened. Looking at the defense, I will say that Missouri's offense, I don't think it did anything special. A couple of big plays, a couple of good plays here and there, but I don't think they did anything special. I think there were a few Gators that really came out and like really came to play. Like you could look at uh, Tyron Hopper played phenomenal replacing Jeremiah, the injured Jeremiah Moon. I think Tyron Hopper played phenomenal on Saturday. He was great. You know, he, he was making his secure tackles. He, was doing, he wasn't giving up massive plays in coverage. There were a few guys who, who really came out to play. Like Kyrie Elam had a great game. Kyrie Elam got targeted three times, allowed one catch for five yards. That, that's a great game for Kyrie Elam. And I get that it's, it's zone, so you don't really get to decide who you're matched up against with. But, hey, I mean – just I, like I, you don't pick who you cover in zone, so it just happens. I don't care if he wasn't covering the best player on the field or whatever dumb argument people. I almost threw a profanity in there. Um, I don't care whatever dumb argument people want to use. Uh, the defense also did not blitz much at all. Um, I believe the most blitzes were coming from Tyron Hopper. I think he had seven pass rush attempts, and you could look at the DBs, none. No corner blitz, no DB, no safety blitz, no nickel blitz, none of that. So that was interesting to see. Uh, I, I don't think it was a bad strategy necessarily. Only five missed tackles by the defense this week. Uh, that That's huge because they generally have sucked for the most part, but only five missed tackles, three of which came from Zachary Carter. So that's great. Um, but, you know, I mean, only five missed tackles is better than usual. I will say, though, that while they didn't miss – as many tackles as usual, the Gators did not make as many good tackles as they should have. And by that, I mean with depth of tackle, how far down the field they were tackling guys like Tyler Brady, um, you know, like block shedding run defense still wasn't there is my point. And I'm excited to see how the defense approaches the Florida state game, whether you're looking at it's a rivalry, be fired up. You can get bowl eligible, be fired up. But I'm, I'm excited to see the energy that comes out with Dan Mullingon. Not that, 
not that I think he was killing the energy, um, but I do think that when you see a head coach change specifically, you see a lot of energy change here, and it's like, okay, like, like, like who's here for the team? Who's here that's going to do it? And I'm excited to see that. I'm also very excited to see how Florida approaches the Florida State game defensively in the sense of schematically because watching Florida State, there's a lot of similarities between Dan Mullen's coaching style and Florida and Florida's offense and Florida State's offense play style-wise. There are certain things that they both do quite a bit, like split zone read, Florida State does. Um, they have pulling guards on pass plays for a play action. So things like that where Florida does it, Florida State does it. A lot of these zone-based schools do it. Florida's not necessarily zone-based, but that's spread fun system. Uh, so I'm excited to see how Christian Robinson approaches this. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't miss out on, <laughs> I almost said Monday, geez, on Tuesday's episode where we're going to look into these coaching changes. We're going to look into the coaching changes. It's going to be really fun. I can't wait to do it. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling for Locked On Gators. I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole nine sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.